I'm Daniel Giacopelli. It's the 21st of May, and this is The Courier Daily. We've been talking with small business owners all over the world to hear how they're adapting and growing during the health crisis. A bit later on, we'll talk about how to amp up your purpose, mission, and storytelling, and why it might be more important now than ever for small business owners. But first, we're in New York to catch up with Clayton Chambers. He's the co-founder of Elliot, an e-commerce platform that lets business owners quickly and freely set up an online store and then ship products around the world. Obviously, there are a lot of contenders in this space, but Clayton reckons that Elliot, which launches in a big way on the 18th of June, has a leg up on the competitors. Clayton's on the line now from New York, and, you know, Clayton, at a time when e-commerce is becoming a lifeline for millions of business owners around the world, people who have stopped their physical stores, for instance, and trying to ship online, if I'm a small business owner right now, what's your pitch, essentially? We're a platform globally out of the box that allows merchants from all 200 countries and territories to sell stuff online, ship and fulfill their orders and get paid out in their local currency. There's no credit card or apps required to get up and running and get up and selling. And so that's really the value prop that we provide out of the box. To add in a few other pieces with regards to Elliot, number one, we're free. So again, speaking to the no credit card piece, we allow for testing iteration Standing up stores really quickly, Um, again, in this crisis, allowing people to sell products online overnight is a huge need, right? And so being free, obviously, just removes the friction for anybody to have to commit to something before they've committed and made their first order, right? On the fulfillment side, you can ship to 200 plus countries and territories. We take care of all of the shipping calculation, duties and taxes, our paid DDP. We give you shipping labels, packing slips commercial invoices, customs forms, all of that out of the box within our platform. And I would say like on the third bit for us as a platform is that you have to be where your customers are. I mean, that means being omni-channel, right? So whether you have a direct to consumer store selling stuff D to C, or you have audiences in different countries or regions, right? You want to have different stores that are tailored to those audiences with the products associated to them, or maybe you have wholesale relationships and you need to have a B2B store, right? So you can have unlimited stores with Elliot And all of these different stores can sell products to these different communities and audiences. And you don't have to worry about them conflicting with sort of the hero main store that you have in place. So you can be where your customers are. And then I'll say the last bit is that um, as you grow, as you scale, and you're looking to go with more complex build-out needs, we've built out a headless toolkit, a headless package, as you'll call it. That allows you basically to build whatever custom experience that you want on the front end, connect through API, different integrations and tools and apps that you would want for your store. And the idea of no graduation is something that you can deal with as a brand. So those are a few things just as a high level to, to explain about Elliot. And I mean, obviously, there are a couple giant competitors in this space, whether or not you call them competitors. I mean, are you, is this like a winner takes all kind of space for you guys? Or there is a room for four or five, you know, people doing similar-ish things? I think existing incumbents kind of have to answer the question for themselves. I know for us, obviously, there's always going to be a sense of, people putting us into the box of how do you compare with Shopify? How do you compare with this platform or that platform? And just in general, I would say we're pretty focused on being global out of the box. We feel like there's a massive territory and market to capture just in terms of payments and logistics. And those are two things traditionally from a commerce perspective that have fallen flat, especially in growing and emerging markets. And so uh, for us, that's where we're going to be spending a lot of our time is just making sure that we can create a platform that levels the playing field for everybody. Because a lot of the tools that I just sort of shared as value adds are things that traditionally like enterprise level brands would have access to, but not in, you know, um, entry level sellers. And so what we're trying to do is just create a comprehensive platform that takes care of all the needs that you would have when it comes to 
standing up a store, selling your product, shipping the product, and then getting paid out. And then, of course, giving you access to more tools um, as time goes on and you have those needs. In the context of what's happening in the world right now, I mean, you have a lot of just brick and mortar stores who have had to abandon their physical presence and quickly find a way of, of selling online, whether or not they brought their stock to their house and they're shipping from their house. How many of Elliot's customers are first timers, right? So I've never touched e-commerce whatsoever before. I'm going to set up an online store right now. I would say, I would say majority are first time sellers. Um, that's just the nature of the space that we operate in, which is the no to low code space. But the idea is that, yeah, you don't have to have a credit card required or you don't have to plug in any different apps. You know, your knowledge of setting up a store is really curated by starting out on Elliot. And so, yeah, I would say majority of the sellers are first time sellers. Um, and of course, even with just what's happening with COVID globally, we've seen that businesses who were brick and mortar only are having to pivot online. And uh, we released you know, different features to support them to be able to do that, especially like say in, in the hospitality scene. So like restaurants are coming to us wanting to sell things and we enabled a feature that has local pickup and delivery where you can set delivery fees, you can do radius pickup, um, you can choose different locations that you want for people to pick up the, the, the products that you're selling. And so the way that Elliot feels stems from just our own as, as co-founders. So Marco, Sergio, myself, it sort of stems from the camaraderie that we have with each other it also stems from our experience of having worked in SaaS, having worked in e-commerce, having worked in fashion, having worked in tech at large over the years. And I think for us, um, a consensus that we've that we've identified is that like tech just feels square. It feels serious. It feels boring. It feels faceless. You know, the approach that we took to Elliot when we decided to set a rebrand, which we're launching on June 18th, Elliot will be open to the public. Right now, we're sort of on a request only basis, but the platform is already built. It's available. People are transacting on it and that sort of stuff. But what you'll see on June 18th is just the the work and effort that we've put into um, to the brand itself. And so we wanted Elliot as a tech platform to feel like a brand. We wanted you to feel like you could have a relationship with it. Again, that seems back even to the name Elliot, right? It's, it's a human, right? Like there's sort of this weird space that tech companies feel like they have to operate in when it comes to naming their company and you get all these weird names. But for us, we wanted it to feel human. We wanted to feel like you could resonate with it. You could identify with it. And we wanted it to feel relevant. We wanted it to feel up to date with how internet culture works. And the reality is we're all selling stuff online. We're all consuming things online on the daily. Um, we're connected through social apps. And so we wanted a brand and a platform that speaks to the different cultural threads that tie us all together online, if that makes sense. And I know, Elliot, you guys deal with all the shipping logistics, essentially, right? Cross-border shipping, filling out forms, dealing with all of that nitty-gritty, tedious stuff. That must be at present a bit of a nightmare, right? Logistically? Not necessarily. The shipping and logistical side of commerce is really like our expertise. Sergio's background specifically over the last decade was building out cross-border functionality, supply chain tech for enterprise-level businesses. And so he took all of that knowledge and just sort of productized it into what is now Elliot. And so what comes with that are things like being globally compliant country by country, being secure from a privacy standpoint, being able to pull in carrier data from different shipping carrier networks, giving you duties and taxes auto-calculated, being localized in terms of currency and language. Like there's just different touch points that come with commerce. And again, to go back to it traditionally with commerce is like, those are different plugins. Those are different apps. Those are different tools that you pay monthly subscriptions for 
to plug into your existing store. And so what you get is a sort of patchwork thing where it's like, when I need to do this, I have to go install another app. And so what we wanted to do with Elliot is take a comprehensive platform that just removes all the friction that comes with logistics, cross-border, international, and that's what we've done. So for us, yeah, that's stuff that we've just built out of the box and you don't have to worry about adding any of those things in. So that's the product. What about the company? Do you have any money in the bank to kind of withstand what's what's hitting companies all over the world? Yeah, we're, we're really fortunate to have great backing from our investors. Um, we've had a lot of really good reception to some of the pivots that we decided to make once once all of this hit. And financially, yeah, we're doing fine. What kind of pivots are you talking about? Uh, we decided to push our brand launch, um, given the reception to the market at the time. And we didn't feel like if we were going to launch from a marketing perspective that we would have the same appeal. But if anything, what we've realized over the last six weeks is that there's actually more demand than ever for our sort of product. And so we're really excited about being able to launch it and um, feel really confident that, especially globally, this is a product that's going to resonate with a lot of people. I, I caught up the other day with a the owner of a bookstore somewhere here in Europe. They had to pivot very quickly to e-commerce during the lockdown, and he said it was an absolute shambles. It was a nightmare. The shipping, the packing, the delivery, the people not being home, the angry phone calls from the customers. And he was like, I can't wait to get back to my store and just sit there and have customers walk in and hand them a physical product. Do you think that is a common kind of thing that can be solved with something like Elliot? Or do you think that's always going to be around? Yeah, it's a good question. I would say like the stuff with angry customers, products, maybe not getting from point A to point B, the feeling of wanting to be selling products uh, in person over selling online, that's obviously the preference of each seller, right? What do you prefer? Do you prefer to have things sold in store or online? Um, obviously, people will have to adapt in their own different ways. And if they have certain preferences, that's on them in terms of the actual like getting the product A to B with a carrier, right? Like if it doesn't arrive or if a customer is angry, like that's not on us either. We're just taking care of the things that are complicated about commerce, which is how do I make sure that my product is being associated with the right duties and taxes? How am I making sure that I have a carrier that can ship out a shipping label that I can print and put on a box and ship it out. Like those are the kinds of things that we're focused on simplifying for people. I think there'll be a lot of folks who once things can be as normal as they are or normal in a new sense, they'll always have their their preferences as to where and how they want to sell their products. But I think a lot of people will just adapt to this and have it as, again, an added channel that they didn't know about before. Yeah, I think the younger audiences, the younger sellers, this is the next generation, right? Gen Z and beyond is is sort of where we see the most interest. And I think especially from a branding perspective, people um, who are younger audiences globally, not just in, in the States or in the West, but I think globally people really resonate with what we're building. What else have you learned just being you know, one of the founders of a company right now in such an insane time? Either what you've learned managing a company during a crisis or just what you've learned about just full stop running a company right now? I'd say the first is just having empathy for people on your team, having empathy for people who you are selling to is something that we can often forget about when it comes to working in business. But I think it's a really important thing to keep in mind. This is just a weird, strange time for literally everybody. And so um, it's easy to take offense or maybe or maybe see things from the wrong perspective. But having empathy for others, um, I think, is, is a huge thing that I've been reminded of right now. I think another thing is that like, you don't got to have your shit figured out today. You know, building something really takes time. And I think to use a metaphor, like when you're in the forest, it's it's hard to see the forest from the trees, right? But when you're above it, when you're outside of it, you can obviously see how these different things are pieced together. But that's, that's really difficult um, when you're in the thick of it. And so maybe there's like, 
you feel like day one is a slog and you're going through and you're like, I don't know how any of this makes sense of what I'm working on. But then, you know, two months down the line, you see, okay, uh, I see like this makes much more sense. I was doing this because of that. And now I can see how it sort of was a thread and let all these things together. But I think that's the way that we feel as a business is like looking back, the things that we were doing three and four months ago now all of a sudden makes sense. Clayton Chambers there from Elliot. Next up, how do you establish your mission and purpose as a small business? Why does it matter so much right now? And how do you approach storytelling so that it feels authentic and not salesy? Camilla Petty is a strategy director who held senior strategy roles at Moving Brands and Wolf Allens. She has years of experience helping brands from Facebook to Skyscanner. I caught up with Camilla a bit earlier today. I'm a strategy director and I specialize in brand strategy and marketing strategy and I work with a range of different types of businesses from startups who are just getting going and thinking about who they are and what they want to achieve in the world to large established global brands who are maybe wanting to try something new or appeal to a new audience. Yeah, every challenge, every business, a a big range. And you know, on this show every day, we're talking to entrepreneurs all over the world. And And a lot of them are saying, besides staying alive and surviving, I mean, one thing that they're trying to do is dig deep about, you know, what does it all mean anyway? What what is my mission? What am I here on earth to do? Is this frivolous or not? What's my purpose? And, And I know for you, I mean, you think that these are actual core elements, as many other people do for the business. Why is that good business, though, having a clear purpose now? I think now more than ever, it's firstly a really great time to do a bit of soul searching I think everyone's doing that on a personal existential level but if you are an entrepreneur or a business owner or even just work within a business this is a great time to take stock and think about where you want to go and having a clear sense of your purpose or um, your vision whatever you want to call it just puts you on a good course and one that you are in control of rather than being reactive and thinking short term, having your purpose and vision clearly articulated and understood helps you think long term and be proactive about achieving those goals. And how does a business owner, you know, whittle down their purpose? How do they determine their purpose? I mean, I know it should be easy. Like if you say, you know, I have a surf brand, I guess my purpose is to sell good quality surfing gear and clothing to people. But is that a purpose? Or is that more just like what you do? Yeah, I think often people get a bit caught between describing what their product is or their service is and being able to go at a higher level and think about why am I here? What's the change I want to see in the world? And it can all feel a bit woo-woo and or maybe a bit too bold. Because an old school person would just say, well, your purpose is to make money. Or if you're a public company, your purpose is to create stockholder value, right? Yeah, and there's there's a lot of value in just being a bit nuts and bolts about it. But I think today's in today's world, consumers really want to feel connected on a more deeper level to the brands that they consume, especially moving forward when maybe they're not going to have as much money to spend on things and they want to be more careful with their choices. That emotional connection is going to be even more important. And if they feel like there's a shared sense of purpose or a belief that they think is important, then that will encourage them to be loyal to the brand and actually spend time engaging with the brand. Yeah, so I think the kind of questions that you can ask yourself as an entrepreneur are, 
why am I here? What's the change I want to see in the world? What would it look like if I wasn't here? What does the future look like without me? And it's those answers that not just help you shape your purpose, but give you some really special language to form that that story. Do you think this is a, a particular type of exercise that founders should go through? Like, you know, taking aside four hours in one morning and saying, right, I'm going to answer these four questions. Is there, is there like a structure to this kind of exercise? There's lots of different structures and, and models out there that you can use. And certainly having some of those to hand are really helpful. I mean, for example, at Wolf Olin's, we had the brand butterfly, which is what makes me special? What does the world need? And then where that then intersects is kind of your sweet spot. But you say they should take four hours in the morning. I'd actually suggest taking two hours in the evening after a couple of beverages, <laughs> just letting yourself be free with your thoughts and your aspirations and your goals and imagine what you would say to someone you were showing off to in a crowded bar what would you shout what would you emphatically want someone to know and that's where the really interesting philosophical big stuff can come out so maybe do it in the evening not the morning would be my suggestion do you think though now it's a time for survival, right? So, I mean, is now the time where you abandon all of these pretenses of storytelling and purpose and you just say, shit, how am I going to pay the rent? Or actually are nailing down these things like storytelling and purpose really the foundations of how you might pay your rent six months from now? I mean, some people might say, oh, I don't have time to like deal with this. This is all, as you say, like woo-woo stuff. But actually, is this fundamental to how you might survive? People are splitting into two camps. There's those that have to survive and just keep going. And then there's those that have the luxury, perhaps, to take stock and think about the future. I think those that have to survive are doing so in really interesting ways. Take like Crosstown Donuts, who have uh, also now veg boxes and have expanded to be more relevant today. But by thinking long term now, it means that as things start to ease and the world comes back to life, you have a direction that isn't as reactive and isn't as knee-jerk so that you can then go the distance moving forward. What are some ways to approach this kind of exercise? What's a way to approach storytelling that you feel is um, not kind of forcing it down your throat and saying, oh, look at my, look at my heritage and my origin story. What's a way that's not very like, you know, salesy? Yeah, I think... The key with storytelling is to not see it as just coming to life on social media, for example. It's something that can be everywhere that you touch. So from your website to even just what you write on a button, on like instead of buy now, it can say, yes, let's do it. Or you can start to express yourself and your personality and tell your story in big and small ways everywhere that people meet you. One really tiny example that I think has been wonderful is a um, local bakery in Hampstead called Karma Bread, who have had to close for obvious reasons, but they've continued to bake bread and talk about what they're doing and looking forward to reopening. And they've really built a sense of community just by speaking from the heart, just by talking about their passion. And now as they start to reopen everyone is right there with them. There wasn't this gap in their story, even though there was a gap in their production. And I think there's lots that even bigger brands could learn from that. You think just being incredibly transparent about 
their status at the moment and kind of what they're going through. I mean, I interviewed um, Jackie Ma from Good Ordering, this great bike brand in East London, and she said she was really open with her network on LinkedIn in particular about, I need to sell three bags today to make rent. You know, this is what's happening to me. And then, you know, some people will buy bags because of that. And, you know, they feel like they connect with her through that experience, I guess. Exactly. And I think that then comes back to what we were saying just now about those that are trying to keep going where then it makes sense to be completely transparent to say well this is what it's going to take to keep going and those that are looking at inward and talking about their purpose and their story and continuing to deliver that so I feel like one really good example is it might seem a bit trivial but Vogue they could so easily go the way of lots of other fashion brands who are just talking about like things to wear when you're staying at home and how to look cool on a Zoom call. Whereas Vogue have actually been digging back into their archive and they still feel super premium, super aspirational, super dreamlike, which is all the things that you look to Vogue for. And yes, there's still a smattering of those articles that are relevant now, but there's still a lot coming through that really speaks to the Vogue brand. Do you think that all of this will continue when things go back to normal in terms of being honest and open with your with your customers and your readers and just being a bit more um, less corporate, I guess? I mean, this is kind of like the emperor has no clothes at the moment. Everybody is screwed universally. So everybody's a bit vulnerable. Will we go back to soulless corporate messaging in, you know, six months, one year? I really hope not. And I think it would be very strange to have learned all these new skills whether you're doing it yourself or whether you've you and your team have figured out a way to be more down to earth and personable and then to suddenly button up I think that would be very strange you kind of can't put the cat back in the bag I also think that people want things to go back to normal with the emphasis on back people have lost money people just want things to be certain and being all free and casual and transparent might feel risky and from a time when things weren't certain so it will be interesting to see and that's it for today if you liked what you heard i'd love if you could subscribe rate and review the show on apple podcasts as ever, sign up to Courier Weekly, our email newsletter, for more stories of pivoting, adapting, and growing. That's at couriermedia.co slash sign up. I'm Daniel Giacopelli. Courier Daily's back again tomorrow. <laughs>